0: In Acts chapter 10 it says now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. So this Cornelius this was not a Jew this this was he was not a Jew he was a centurion Cornelius right and he said a devout man who feared God so In other words, if we put it in today's language, if we put it in today's language, he didn't go to church, in a sense. He was not of, so to speak, God's people. But he feared God. Now he's about to go to church. He's about to figure out what to do. But he feared God. It says, He feared God, and with all his household, and he gave many alms to the Jewish people, and prayed to God continually. Now look at what he did here. He feared God, him and his household. He gave alms, he gave offerings to support God's people and what God was doing. And he prayed to God continually. Now about the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Your prayers And your alms have ascended. So not just his prayers. His prayers alone were not the only thing that was a sweet smelling savor in the nose of God. It wasn't just his worship. His offering, his money was a sweet memory to the Lord. It was a memorial to God. (coughs) Excuse me. You mean... Yeah. Thank you. You mean that money can have an effect on God when it's given in the right heart? It can. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. When you give in the right heart, in the reverence of God to support what's on the heart of God, it shows right here that God will remember those things. God remembers that. It comes up before him. Now, I want you to see the fruit of this. I'm going to read through this story pretty quickly. But I want you to see what happens because of his giving and his prayers and his reverence towards the Lord. And fixing his gaze on him again in verse 4 and being much alarmed, uh, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now, dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with a tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who was speaking to him had left he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were his personal attendants. And after he had explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. And on the next day, as they were on their way approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. But, at, but he became hungry and he was desiring to eat. And while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. So uh, a spiritual happening happened to Peter, right? All of a sudden he's standing up there praying and uh, he falls into a trance, right? That's a biblical thing. Some people think it's just weird. That's a biblical thing. A lot of times you will see in the world uh, that the devil likes to counterfeit and copy a lot of the things that are God. But everything that the devil counters fits doesn't mean that it's bad in the first place. Here it is by the Holy Spirit. Peter falls into a trance. The trance itself wasn't bad. It's who's causing it that causes uh, it to be bad or good. And he saw the sky opened up. So he has a vision in this trance. He saw the sky opened up. And an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came to him a second time what God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the, to the sky. Now, while per- Peter was greatly perplexed flexed in mind as to what the vision he had seen might be behold the men who had been sent by Cornelius having asked directions for Simon's house appeared at the gate now two things were happening in this vision number 1 the Jews had laws right And those laws now had been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And there was a changing of some of the laws. Uh, You had different types of laws. You had ceremonial law. You had social law. uh, Things like that. Well, one of the laws that had changed, obviously, by the Holy Spirit, was that they could now eat things that they had called unclean for all this time, right? Um, Just, you know, bacon. Bacon, right? <laughs> they couldn't eat bacon up till then, but now they could have bacon, right? All right, so I, I was waiting on it. I mean, I was like, uh, somebody, as much talk is on Facebook about bacon, golly, but somebody give a shout to the Lord, amen? And so now that doesn't mean that you should eat five pounds of it tomorrow morning. Let me just throw that in there. That's going to mess you up and you're going to get off of, you know, Faith without works is dead. Believe God for help. Don't go eat five pounds of bacon. Amen. there's, There's wisdom that goes along with these things. But here's all of a sudden this had been unlawful. And now he was saying, look, Peter, you're not bound in the same way anymore that you were before. Now, that didn't mean that he could go and kill somebody, right? That was under the law too. In other words, there were certain laws that should still be upheld, but the Holy Spirit would start to write new laws. He was saying, look, move into the freedom of God. Now, one of those laws was that God could not visit, part of the way that they saw things was God could not visit people who weren't Jewish. So one of the laws he was saying is now, not only can you eat, it's not, remember Jesus said, you, you know, it's not what is put in the mouth that makes you unholy. It's what comes out of the mouth cause out of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, it's what's inside you that makes you holy or not, not what you put in. So now this was another confirmation to Peter about that. But it was also saying you have looked down on the Gentiles for all this time because they were not God's people. But now this gospel has been given and the, all of uh, a lot of the prophecies in the Old Testament talked about how now this good news about Jesus the Messiah would be given to everybody including the Gentiles. It would be a light to the Gentiles. And so now that's also what God is telling Peter. So then right as this happened and he's perplexed, Cornelius men, while, verse 17, now while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, they appeared at the gate and calling out, they asked whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Look at this. I mean, did God really need to tell Peter that there were three men? He's about to find out in a few minutes. Can you see how deep and how personal a relationship that God wants with us? He wants the same relationship with you that he's having with Peter right now. I mean, all he had to do was just leave Peter alone in just a few minutes and they're going to get announced, right? But no, 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 no. God wants to have a relationship with you. With you. God wants to have a relationship. He sent his son so that he could have that relationship with you. He's saying, look, hey, by the way, I mean, it's kind of like giving Peter some inside information. It doesn't really change a whole lot of things, except he just wants to give it to Peter. Hey, by the way, there's three men looking for you down there. This is the love of God who cares about the little things in your life, right? But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. And on the next day, he got up and went away with them, and some of the brethren to Joppa uh, accompanied him. On the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up, I too am just a man. As he talked with him, he entered and found many people assembled. And this should give us an idea of something that we should do. We should be assembling many people. We should be doing what Cornelius has done here. Hey, there's a good news. Even on Sunday. You know what? Sunday, there's going to be good news preached in this place. Are we, going to do, are we going to follow the example of a God-fearing man who God moved supernaturally on this part? In other words, he was doing some, some stuff right. His heart was right towards God. Should we not follow the examples in this story, at least do what he did, and let's, hey, be about the Father's business and assemble a great many people to hear the good news? This is a part of our call. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. And yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. Now you can see clearly what the vision was showing him along with what he eats. He was showing them that you can now assemble with the Gentiles. He said, that is why I came without even raising an objection when I was sent for. So I asked for what reason you have sent me. Cornelius said four days ago to this hour, I was praying in my house for the during the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter to come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you immediately and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here and present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. All right. Now right here, notice again, here's another example of Cornelius. They were sitting there and they were they were doing this. They, they were sitting there here like this. On the edge of their seat, ready to hear whatever was going to be said. They weren't sitting there, you know, thinking, Oh, what time is this going to be over tonight? They weren't sitting there, you know, going, Oh, man. But under Cornelius' direction, and at the very least, Cornelius was sitting here ready to hear the good news in expectation. In excitement, right? With a heart that was ready, fertile soil to receive the seed of the word. On the, on the front of their seats. Yeah. Open in his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to God. Listen, no matter who you are or where you are, if you will reverence God and do what is right to him, God will welcome you into his plan and into the blessings and pour out his good stuff on you. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. Verse 38, one of the great verses. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, who how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit And with power and how he went about doing good and healing all, not just some, healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. We are all witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible. Not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as a judge of the living and the dead, of him all prophets bear witness that through His name, everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins. Everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins. Man, And you feel that anointing just on those words? Even right then, the anointing of God fell in that place. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to stay on for a few days. Glory to God. What a story. Now, what happened to Cornelius? His whole family and friends were saved some of the first Gentiles ever to receive Jesus Christ. And why did he receive this? Because he reverenced God. He prayed and he gave offerings. His offerings and his prayers. His offerings and his prayers. His offerings and his prayers that came out of his heart in reverence to God, came up to God as a memorial. And God said, look, this is my man Cornelius. He is a part of the kingdom. He just doesn't know it yet, but he's about to go tell Peter. To get ready to go to his house. Go tell Cornelius to send some men to get Peter. He's going to bring you a message. God started arranging the pieces to fall into place. All because a man who didn't even have a full right to God according to the old law said, Lord, I'll reverence you. I'll honor you. And, and look, it's a faith action. I'm going to pray to you. Why would you pray to somebody without having faith in them? Why would you give on his behalf without having faith? So all of a sudden, he said, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. That faith moved the Lord. It brought the Lord. Look at this. This man keeps giving. This man keeps praying. He keeps having faith. He keeps having love. Do something for him. God's not a respecter of persons. He will do the same thing for you. Amen. Father, right now we just reverence you in our hearts, Lord. We want to give to you because you are worthy of giving to. Father, we praise you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hey, takarata, right now, I wanted you, I, most of you know this, but there's some who might not know it. Maybe you came to give, ready to give tonight, and maybe you didn't. But here's the word says, that he gives seed to the sower. In other words, he gives you a seed that's ready to be planted. And once you plant it, God will multiply it and start to bring the fruit back in your life. Now, let me ask you this question. If you plant a seed of corn, what kind of fruit do you get? Corn. Corn. If you plant in the kingdom of God to build his kingdom, then the fruit is the seed that you plant. When you plant finances in the kingdom, part of the fruit that you receive back is finances. And he says he gives seed to the sower. So even if you did not come prepared to give tonight, every single one of you should have an envelope. We have given that envelope to you. Right now... You can take that envelope, you can you know, draw graffiti on it, you can throw it in trash, you can leave it in your Bible, or you can take that envelope and say, you know what, I bet they can use it again, and you can plant it in the kingdom of God right now. So everybody here has seed to give, and you can kickstart your finances. You can kick them off this year, and what's going to happen? It's gonna, that seed is going to turn into fruit, and you're going to be blessed. Because you chose, just like Cornelius, to reverence God, to honor Him, to pray, and to give to Him. God's not a respecter of persons. And so right now, just stand to your feet. And let's hold up your offering. Father, right now, Lord, we reverence you. We reverence you. We honor You. We praise You, Lord. We give You the glory and the honor. We praise You. In Jesus' name, we praise You. And Lord, we give out of the love of our heart for You. Thank You, Father, for Your great things. Thank You for what You're going to do in our lives. Thank You for what You're done. Thank You for what You're up to now. Lord, this is a part of us worshiping You right now. And Lord, we give it. In all cheerfulness, we praise you, we love you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can bring your offering up and throw it in the baskets. And Father, right now, while everybody is bringing their offering, in the name of Jesus, we receive it on their behalf. We receive it on their behalf. To build your kingdom. To advance the gospel. And now, Lord, may it be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, running over, back into their life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord.. Let's turn. you can be seated, and let's turn to Ephesians 5:25. We're going to read 5:25 through 27. All week we've been talking about a wise plan. How we can walk in a wise plan and how God walks in a wise plan. Last night we moved into His plan. We dropped our old plan and we moved into His plan. And I want to give you right now that what we're going to talk about tonight. The glory of the Lord is a part of His plan for you. The glory of the Lord is a part of His plan For you, the glory. Tonight, before we get done, I'm going to have an opportunity. We'll be led, uh, but I'm going to give an opportunity. And we're going to pray for everybody in here that wants to be prayed for. Right? Anybody. If you have any need whatsoever, any desire whatsoever, we're going to pray for you. We're going to release that glory in your life. I want to I want to tell you, some of you know this already and some of you may not, but now, you know, on tomorrow marks 40 days that this church has been praying and fasting for anybody that may show up here during this time. Anybody that may show up on Sundays or that may have come on Kickstart, whether you're a part of this church or not, Whoever walked in these doors and whoever will be here for the rest of this year, we prayed and fasted for you. Why? Because we love you in the love of God. We've been praying that your year would be the best year ever that you've ever had. And this would be just the beginning. The best year yet. It'll just grow from here. That this service, these services this week, would kickstart your year into godliness. And so we've been we've been giving up food. Why? So that we can knock off the chains off of ourselves, walk in freedom. We've been praying and lifting you up. Every weekday for the last 40 days, we've met here at noon. Every Monday through Friday, we've met here at noon to lift you up, to declare the goodness of God and so that this year would be your best year yet. Now, The reason why I'm telling you that is to tell you this. That that was a preparation time leading up to this week. And the Lord gave us instructions that as soon as we had the end, the last week of that 40 days of prayer and fasting, as soon as we had that, that kickstart would be during that week. So that after we had prepared it, I prepared ourselves and prepared the church that we would come up to kickstart and come into this place and that the glory of God could break loose. And so you should be in some high expectation that tonight that glory is going to be released inside of you. Amen? Amen. I mean, the glory of God is going to break forth in your life no matter if this is your first night here, or if you've been here every night, or if you've been here to every service, the glory of God is going to break forth in your life. You should be in expectation, because it's going to be good. I mean, it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. It's going to be good. The glory... When you look at its definition, it is, these are some of the words that define it in the Bible, abundance, honor, weighty, splendor, the splendor of God, the riches of God, the glory of God. It's God in abundance. It's, it's the honor itself of God, the weightiness of God, the heaviness, that good heavy of God, the splendor and the riches of God. In other words, this is, the glory is this overflow of God Himself. It's His presence. It's His essence. And this is not a light thing. This is not a little thing. This is a weighty thing. You remember, uh, today we use money uh, to basically uh, weigh out how much something is worth, but it wasn't always that way. You know, people would take silver and gold and then they'd put it on uh, a scale and they'd weigh things and say, well, this is worth this much silver or this much gold. And weight was how they valued things. Weight. Weight. The glory of God is a weighty thing. Many times in the Old Testament it would talk about honoring somebody. It literally literally meant that you would weigh them down with valuable things. That you would weigh them down. It says says that uh, the queen of Sheba came up to Solomon and she, uh, she honored him. How did she honor him? She brought a caravan of an offering to Solomon. She weighed him down with things. That's how she honored. The glory of God manifesting in our lives is a part of the weightiness and the honor of God that he pours out on mankind. It's not something that's cheap. It's not something that's just dished out everywhere. He wants to give it everywhere to all men. But men play a part. Mankind plays a part in that. Because the Lord also said this in 2 Samuel, 1 Samuel 2.30. It said this. God said, and once He said it, then this is stuck. Those who honor me I will honor. Those who will put weight on who I am, I will honor. In other words, if we don't honor God, if we don't seek after Him, if we don't pray and fast and go after Him, and we put on holiness and righteousness and walk in His ways and reverence Him like Cornelius did, then you're, not, you're going to be, it says, those who dishonor, they will be lightly esteemed, or those who despise God. They will be lightly esteemed. So you got some people walking through life going, Oh, God loves me so much, He'll just give me whatever I want. Yeah, he wants to, but you can't walk in it. You will have a low harvest of the manifestation of God, a low harvest, because you're dishonoring him. Grace, it tells us in the New Testament, I believe over in Peter, it says that grace empowers you to deny ungodliness. But when we go after him, because we love him, we go after him and and we honor him. We make him valuable in our life. We reverence him. We esteem him. All of a sudden, what are we doing? We are honoring him. This is exactly what Cornelius did, was it not? He honored God, even though he was not one of the chosen people at that time. He honored God. Listen, this this is the promise. Those who honor me, I will honor. Boomerang. You've taken the last 40 days and you've sought after him. And you've honored him. Is it to the best that we can do? Probably not. But it's probably the best that we've ever done it. And those things are marked by God. I would say that it's the beginning of things. It's the beginning of us honoring him and preparing ourselves. And right now, you should be in expectation. Lord, (laughs) he's right. We have honored you as a body. More than we've ever honored you before. And right now, Lord, you promised that those who honor you, you will honor. And I've said this so many times before, and I want you to hear it. When God trades you honor, your honor, for his honor, it is not a fair trade. It is not a fair trade. Because you're talking about a people that still carry in them some corruption that are trying to do their best and but they still got some mess ups and some slips. But you're talking about a God who's got no corruption in him. He's nothing but pure, absolute love. And when we honor him, a lot of times it, it, it seems feeble. But God says, look at that heart. That heart that's after me. But when God honors you, God comes up in all of who He is. And He drops His honor on you. Amen. It's not a fair trade. Yeah. Amen that, it's not a fair trade. Yeah. Amen. I believe with all my heart That the honor of God started to be poured out this week. I believe that we're going to see it later on tonight even more. And it's just going to continue to rise starting right now. Your life can be honored by God simply by being here. Because there have been people praying for you. Your life can change. And all of a sudden, when God decides to bless your life, oh man. Ain't no, ain't no X getting in the way of that. Ain't no, ain't no enemy getting in the way of God's honor. There's no problem that's going to be so big that God can't handle it. There's no sickness that can stand. There's no lack that can stay when God decides to honor you. And so I'm saying no matter where you're coming from or where you're at, right now everything can change. Just make your heart a heart of reverence. Lord, I need your help. I want your help. I reverence you and I honor you right now. Just right now, let's just bow our heads. Father, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Father, we honor you and we praise you. Halleluia, namo yakobase. Kondo bokose repetene. Anse o tedi kodapayo. Loteni a repetene. Lord we honor, we, honor we honor you. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. We honor you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. We honor you. Let's just wait on Him here for a second. If you need to close your eyes to help you keep focused, just focus on Him. <speaking> in motto rebecconi matzo terveseni father we honor you tonight sinebes und unde de vosse bell'altro cora mesebeteni a che 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 cono a cono bassa thank you father in ephesians 5:27 It says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that he gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. The plan of Christ was to lay down his life so that he could take his bride, the church, and give her his glory and present the body in all her glory to himself. That This should be the same heart that we should have towards one another. In our family. I should have the same heart for my wife. She should have that same heart towards me. But we should also have that same heart towards every single one of you. And you should have that towards everybody else in here. Lord, let me give myself so that the body might be raised up, risen up, into, raised up. Glory to God. In all the glory of Christ. In all the glory. See, Jesus wanted to get His glory on us. What is His glory? His glory, it's the honor, the abundance, the weighty things of God, His splendor, His riches. That's His glory. This is what he was doing. You know, a lot of times that we're sitting there and we're told that the church is just supposed to be a charity house that just gives out, you know, into into the world. No, 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 no. It's more than that. This is the bride of Christ that's designed to be clothed in the glory and the power of God. It's right here. This is why he gave his life. Out of the glory will come the charity. No other way. No other way because you can't have charity, you don't have an abundance for every good work, without the glory, without the power, without the abundance, you don't have it. The church is floundering right now because they have, they have drowned the power of God under the sea of let's do good things. And it's the power of God that empowers them to do the good things. They've got it backwards. They put the cart before the horse. Right here, he died to give you his glory, to give you his weightiness, to give you his abundance, to give you his own honor. In the word in Exodus 24, 16 and 17. And just look, look at the scriptures up here for tonight. Just look at them on the board because I want to go through these quick. Because I want to get to praying. And, and, I, and the glory's going to fall. Amen. The glory is a consuming fire. Exodus 24, 16 through 17 says, the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. What rested? The glory of the All right. I'm, uh, we're we're going to get to some audience participation, okay? Amen. Oh, what rested? No. And the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud. And to the eyes of the sons of Israel, the appearance of the glory, the appearance of what? The The glory was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. It was a consuming fire. It looked like the mountain was being eaten up in the fire of God. That's what it looked like to their eyes. He is a consuming fire. It was the glory. It was His presence, His essence. The weightiness of God had settled on top of that mountain. And His glory had consumed it. Do you reckon that there was any unholiness on top of that mountain after seven days? No, Uh uh-uh, no, no. His glory is a consuming fire. Isaiah 6, verse 6 and 7. (laughs) Isaiah 6, verse 6 and 7. The glory prepares and it cleanses. Isaiah is in front of the the Lord. And all of a sudden, the angels are saying, holy, holy, holy. And the train of His robe filled the temple. And verse 6, it says, Isaiah says, I'm undone, I'm ruined, I'm in a, I'm a person with unclean lips and I dwell amongst a people who with, of unclean lips. In other words, what he was saying is this. He was saying, I'm a sinful man and I'm in a people who are a sinful people and now I'm standing before the Lord god almighty his holiness his glory right here i'm done i'm ruined he basically he's saying i'm a dead man because my god is a consuming fire his glory is a consuming fire it is not something his glory is not something to be played with but to be reverenced and to be honored, and the humility of Isaiah saved him in that moment, the humility, the humility of Isaiah saved him in that moment. The humility of Isaiah saved him in that moment, when the glory came down. because he said, "Lord, who am I? I'm done." Because he knew, I stand with sin in the presence of the Almighty God. I'm out. This is reverence. This is humility. And under any other circumstances, besides reverence and humility, He is. He's, it, and it's not because God wants to kill Him. It's because you can't bring unholiness into an almighty, holy God. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have something. You can't do that. It's not that God doesn't want you to be there, but He wants you to reverence Him so you can. He wants you to humble yourself so you can. So then all of a sudden, He comes in and this humility and the angel comes right here. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal, the consuming fire of God in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is forgiven. The humility, the Lord, I I repent. I am undone. I'm a man. I, I, I reverence you. I humble myself Oh, Lord. See, now I want you to compare this to how we walk into church. How is the Lord going to show up here in his glory when we walk into church full of pride? When we walk into church full of worldliness? How does this compare? Here's Isaiah. I'm undone. I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. Lord. It's this attitude that all of a sudden the angel of the Lord can come and the glory of God prepares him to talk to the Lord it cleanses him from sin Exodus thirty-four twenty-nine and 30 Exodus 24 and 39 and 20 Moses had been in the glory of God. It came about when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, and he was coming down from the mountain that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because of his speaking with God, with him. So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, look, Behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. The glory of God separates you from the rest. There's something different about him. There's something different about her. It's the glory of God. It separates you. It may even make some people afraid. It may even draw people to a holiness of their own. That glory that's on you may actually start to cause people to say, Lord, I'm a dead man. I'm, I live amongst the people of unclean lips and I'm a person of unclean lips. In other words, I've got sin in my life. This is a natural thing and a natural response to the glory of God. It's a natural thing. So one of the good questions to ask yourself, am I living right? Is, is my presence in other people causing them to ditch sin or to at least run away until they can get around and want to come around? It doesn't mean we're called to run people off, but it does mean that the glory will separate you. But if, if you are causing others to sin, that's the anti-glory. That's the anti-Christ spirit that says, oh yeah, you can do that. Leading people to to go sin more. Jesus said, it'd be better for you that a millstone be hung, hung around your neck than to deceive and lead into that. The glory of God will cause a separation. He will set you apart. The glory on you will start to cause a difference in the lives of people. Honestly, and it should be evident in us. Something's different about them. Something's different about her. Something's different about him. And it's the glory. The glory is a consuming fire. It prepares. It cleanses. It separates. Isaiah 58.8. And it's funny because Isaiah 58.8 is talking about Fasting. The whole chapter is basically talking about fasting. And what is fasting but a preparation? It's where I say, Lord, I recognize that I'm not walking with you. I need to walk with you. I've got stuff on me that's weighing me down. Let me fast and pray to break every (coughs) yoke. Let me fast and pray to break every yoke. And what happens when you fast and pray? You step closer And closer and closer to the presence of God. And when you step closer to the presence of God, His glory starts to get on you. And then right here in verse 8, it says, Then your light, this is glory in itself, your light will break out like the dawn, and your recovery will speedily spring forth, and your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The glory will protect you and preserve you. Are you starting to see that one of the major things that we need in our lives is we need the glory of God and you need to know that you do not get the glory of God by dishonoring Him or being irreverent or calling, uh, going into His house or going up to Him with common things or profane things that we move into the glory when we honor Him when we separate ourselves from worldliness when we use grace for what it's supposed to be for to empower us to get closer to God, to walk with Him and stay in His presence. We need the glory, but the glory is not something that just gets poured out. He said, I will honor those who honor me and those who despise me or they lightly honor God. They will be lightly esteemed. I mean, they may have a blessing here and there, but they won't walk in the glory. John chapter 2 and verse 11. The beginning, this is talking about Jesus right after he performed his first miracles. And it says, the beginning of his sons, Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. In other words, Jesus, because of His honor of the Father, carried a glory. And the miracles were a direct revelation and a direct manifestation, right? The miracles were the spiritual glory causing a physical effect. The glory was the manifestation. The glory was the manifestation. You want healing and supernatural in your life? You get the glory on you, all of a sudden that will happen. This is what caused the shadow to heal. Because it wasn't the shadow, they just were in shadow's length. But when they got within shadow's length, the glory that was overflowing the disciples healed and delivered. It was the glory... It was the glory. Not only that, but what did the glory do? Look at what happened. When the glory started to bring manifestation, the disciples believed in him. The glory manifested caused people to believe. Now more than ever in this earth, what do we need? We need the glory. We need the glory. We need the glory to win souls. We need the glory to live life to the full. We need the glory to protect us. We need the glory. We need the glory. We need the glory to separate us. We need the glory to prepare us. We need the glory to cleanse us. Preparation and dedication brings the glory 2nd Chronicles 5 13 and 14 Solomon he had just prepared the temple he prepared the temple he prepared the temple and when the temple was prepared and he dedicated it it brought the glory It says, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one, there was a unity in the house. A unity. Lord, we're going after you. We're winning souls. We're going to have the glory. We're going after you. We're going to win souls. We're going to have the glory. We're going after you. We're going to win souls. We need the glory. We're going after you. And as one, when all the hearts were one, and the focus was on glorifying God, magnifying Him, praising Him, it's not about us. It's about you, Father. It's not about us. It's about you. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about Boomerang. It's about us. It's not about, it's about you, Lord. It's not about Albemarle. It's about you. It's about you, Father. They were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Amen. The glory of the Lord had filled the house. They, they became one. Lord, this is about you. This is kickstart week. This is not just about us. This really is about you. It's about us putting you first, Father. It's about us putting you first. For you are Lord. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. For you are good. And your mercy endures forever. For you are good. And your mercy endures forever. This 40 days of fasting is not just about getting our lives ready. Our lives will get ready when we put his things first. It's about getting ourselves into and around God. And getting close to his presence and close to his glory. And then that glory can then start to rub off on other people. Yes, there's manifestations of it. Yes, we will be beneficiaries of that manifestation. Your business will go up. Your health will increase. You will have your best year yet. This is how we're kicking it off. We're putting God first. This is how to kickstart it right. is to put Him first. Is to put Him first in everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you in the same action second chronicles a couple of chapters later in verse uh, chapter 7 verse 1 now when solomon had made an end of praying. So what happened was the glory of God. They put God first. They become as one. All of a sudden they pray. The, the glory fills the house. The priests get knocked out. Boom, boom, boom. There's the glory is so strong, right? Not even the priests can minister. They can't even stand up. This is this is this is before Jesus. Where is this glory today? I'm telling you, it's in the place where the people honor God. That's where this glory at. And God is waiting for a people to prepare themselves to let it go. I want to release my glory. Where are the people who will go after my heart so that I can release the glory? I want to adorn my body with glory, Jesus says. I want to adorn my bride with my glory. It's what I died for. Where are the people that will allow themselves to be washed by the water of the word and be prepared and cleansed for the glory? After the glory fills the house, Solomon starts to pray prayers of dedication and he's praying, and he's praying, and he prays for like a chapter, maybe a chapter and a half. He must have been a preacher. Second Chronicles 7, verse 1 through 3. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. And consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. You see, when the glory enters, it will draw people to give themselves in worship to the Lord. The church has been searching for all these ways and all these programs and all they needed was to cleanse themselves and go after the Lord, get a hold of the glory and wear it. Right. That's the word we, we need the glory. We need to walk in the glory and to not let it go. The glory filled it. The glory was so strong in that place that if you were in there, you were in there, but it's like when they tried to come in, if there was a wall, it was like this was the doorway. They tried to come in. They couldn't come in because of the glory.
1: The glory.
0: A couple of years ago, we had a situation where, uh, uh, in our old building where a young man came in one night on a Wednesday night, and he was drunk. But he wasn't just drunk with alcohol. He was drunk with possession of spirits in his body, demonic possession. And he came up and, and we started praying and, and just casting out those devils. And the devils came out of him, and he got free right there in front of our eyes. As right as the service ended on Wednesday, and all of a sudden a guy uh, came up from the back, and he got you know he was walking like if you were me, he was walking uh, towards towards me, and all of a sudden he hit like this, and he fell back and had to and he had to sit down because in that moment the glory that, that where I was praying the glory was overflowing, and he couldn't even come into that place. This is what it was like with those priests. This is the kind of glory that we need to be carrying. Now who would have known just in that Wednesday night service that the glory of God would show up like that? See, you never know. It's just, it happens when we honor Him and we are a prepared and cleansed people. There's a whole lot of people that didn't come that night. There was a whole lot of people that weren't there that night and the glory showed up in a way so much stuff that it staggered a full-grown man and made him sit down. We need, and, and we need to honor him. You know, sometimes he can come in a meeting like that because the ones who aren't honoring him didn't show up. But if you will honor Him and esteem Him, you can become a partaker of His glory. And that glory can protect you and manifest in your life. It'll keep you cleansed, keep you out of trouble. It will save your family. It will keep them from harm. It will guard and protect them. It will cause them to become some of the greatest in the kingdom of God in your family because you wore the glory. Because you can, because He wants to adorn you with it. Solomon prepared the house. He built the house. He got it ready for God. He honored God. Man, they put money into that house. They put some money. Listen, the Romans overturned every stone because of all the gold that was in that house. Can you imagine if we had newspapers back then? Look at how much money they put into the temple of God. Oh my goodness, that Romans left no stone unturned because they were looking for gold in between the cracks of the stone. It was everywhere. It was everywhere in that temple. They, listen, what was Solomon doing? He was honoring God with his substance. I want this place to be a house where God can stand. I want it to be weighty. I want it to honor. He prepared and built the house. You're the temple of God. You're the temple. And then he dedicated the house. He dedicated the house lord i i i I receive your righteousness and your grace and i will prepare the house by walking in your holiness and the glory will fall and lord i give you myself i dedicate now as walking as a righteous man of christ a righteous woman of christ i now dedicate myself and my life To you, Lord, now I have prepared the house, I have dedicated the house, and now the fire of God falls in your life. You want the glory and the fire? Prepare and dedicate the house. You're the house of God. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why is the fire not in your life? Why is the glory not in your life? Because you haven't prepared. We haven't prepared. We haven't dedicated. We've talked about it. we've, We've had good intention, but we haven't followed through. We've talked about it. We've had good intentions, but we haven't followed through. We've amended I believe now more than ever that we're at a place where we can step in for the first time and start to see the glory of God. 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 The glory. Stand up, David. Stand up, David. The glory of God. 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 God. For such a time as this, well prepared to receive. Now, purpose to build and dedicate the temple and the glory of God. Yeah, glory of God. Mata da da. Who ain't gonna miss it? Pray, 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 Keep on. Say my mata da. The glory of God. The glory of God. The glory of God. Lord, we've sought for 40 days. Right now, just pause right here. Father, we've sought now for 40 days to prepare this house. To prepare this house. The house of Boomerang. The house of ourselves individually. We've sought to prepare it. And we've prepared it We've still got more to go, but we're after you. We're after your glory, Father. we prepared it to the best of our ability, the best we've done yet. We're not through. We know that. We recognize that. But we've prepared it the best we have ever done. And Father, right now we dedicate this place to you. This is a place of the holy. This is a place of the glory. This is a place in the name of Jesus of the fire. Of God. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. And Lord, we will keep it prepared and we will keep it holy. And we will keep it dedicated for your glory. For your glory. For your glory. Lord, not glory just so that we can benefit only, but the glory that we can carry and affect people for your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you, Father. Where? What can you do? not don't, 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 your glory, Lord. For your glory. For your glory and fire. 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 Holiness, come now. Righteousness, be now. Your sins are forgiven in the glory of God. Your Patty? Help her, anybody I call, y'all help her. Ain't cloglomo so or thick already. That's good. By the clone in slow of Main stage, Dalon both pray Rebecca. Bring me, for your glory Lord for your glory in Jesus name for your glory thank you father to <laughs> oh, and y'all stay close anybody i call i'm telling you soon and you screw to mistake so Luna no don came erstor Pomara Pomaraco Matarabatara, Tina Christina, so popa name, commandi cornime, Dana Masaia Toro, allo in the co yeah, for your glory, Lord. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. Out of her belly will flow rivers of living water in the name of Jesus. Put your hands on your tummy. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holiness, rise up. Righteousness, rise up. Empowered by your grace. Thank you, Father. The blessing of God. The blessing of God. The blessing of God for Your glory, Lord. Thank You, Father. Yeah, thank You, Father. For Your glory, Lord. For Your glory, Lord. See the Ramanta Nicole. ta nako no to rum 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 bede for to to o tenemotion de meu som base By klo, on you can receive as long as you want. for your glory lord for your glory hands on your stomach. for your glory, Lord. Father, soccer. With your glory, in the name of Jesus, Panser bold for your glory, sake, keni, banchik loca na mite, sorir mo madindo, badro matara keni teke hamro pata na mite, handoro roba ti me, handoro peine me chebe, Miss Brooklyn. Mom can come if you want to, Mom, or you're, you're welcome to or not to. Be to Te Here. Now, Lord, for your glory, in the name of Jesus, Father, pure and innocent, from this day forward, Lord, protect her with your glory in the name of Jesus. Protect her with your glory. In Jesus' name, protect her with Your glory. In Jesus' name, thank You, Father. O diko nukudo, Protector with Your glory. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. Huni hejede te bota lamo, bote nenaamo te ekrovaso. Hoo hoo hoo. Anjo Thank you. Father. John, excuse me, Matthew, chapter 17 and verse 2 says that Jesus was transfigured before them and His face shone like the sun. The Son of God shone. His face was like the sun and His garments became as white as light. Another gospel says that his garments became uh, whiter than any detergent basically could ever get it. (laughs) It became whiter than any any way. There was no way for it to become that white. Some eight days after these sayings, Luke, Luke 9, 28 through 36. Some eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah, who appearing in glory were speaking of his departure. (sighs) Who appearing in glory were speaking of his departure. While appearing in glory while appearing in glory. They were speaking of His departure, which He was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions had become had been overcome with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw His glory, and the two men standing with Him. And as these were leaving, him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not realizing what he was saying. And while he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud, the glory of the Lord. And the voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and reported to no one in those days any of the things which had been seen. Another gospel says that in that glory they got knocked out basically too. They got knocked out by the glory. What happened to Jesus The glory that he was carrying became revealed. And when the glory was revealed, all of a sudden the power of God showed up. And in the glory, God confirmed his word as well. He confirmed Jesus. He confirmed his word. He confirmed his word. You're looking for God to back you up when you're out praying for people. You're looking for God to show up with miracles and signs and wonders that confirm. It says He works with the Word, with miracles following, with signs following. It says, if you want to uh, have the Word confirmed, get in the glory. Get in the glory. We need the glory. John said in chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. John 1:14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace, and truth. His glory is full of grace. It's a place of grace and truth. Truth that brings freedom. Grace that brings empowerment. The glory. They saw His glory. It wasn't something just talked about. They saw His glory. They saw His glory. He carried His glory. He manifested the glory. The glory spoke. The glory preached. The glory healed. The glory delivered. The glory protected. The glory restored they saw it now turn to john 17:22 turn there and look at it with your own eyes john 17:22 john 17:22 jesus speaking Praying about every person that would believe on him. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one just as we are one. I don't care who you are, where you came from, where you're listening from, how you got here who your parents were, how rough the life has been, or how good anyone who puts faith in Jesus Christ can carry the same glory because Jesus has dispatched it to every believer. The glory that he carried, he said, I have given them. Right now, as you humble your heart like Isaiah did, and you say, Lord, I need you. I can't live without you. I humble myself and I honor you. Right at that moment, you can become a believer. Jesus can become your Lord, and He will give to you His same glory. If you are a believer now, He will give to you His same glory. He will give to you His same glory. In Ephesians, Paul prayed, I pray that you will start to understand your inheritance, which are, in Ephesians 1.18, the riches of the glory. The riches of the glory. The riches, I pray that you will understand your inheritance, which are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You have an inheritance of glory. The same glory that I have, I have given to you. I have given to every believer. You can be a believer, and if you are a believer, you have a right to the glory because you are an inheritor of that glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about the glory that Moses carried. The glory that Moses carried. And he said, If in that old covenant, the lesser of the two covenants, we're in a new covenant, a new testament, a new covenant, a better covenant. If in that old covenant, in that old covenant, there was a glory that made Moses' face shine, how much better? should the new covenant be a carrier of the glory. And then it goes on to wrap it up in verse 18, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, as believers, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord. The Spirit. In other words, as we give ourselves as a house, the temple of the Lord, to be prepared and dedicated. With everything that we've given ourselves, we will step to a new place of glory. And then with every uh, continuing preparation from that grace, we will give ourselves to be prepared. We'll step to a new level of glory. And then we prepare ourselves, we give ourselves and we'll step up in glory until our glory looks like his glory. And we're walking like him and this is what he meant when he said I was the firstborn of many brethren you will do these works and greater through the glory In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. It says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Then verse 12, it says, "Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. So the Lord was saying to Moses that, look, Moses, you're pleasing to me. Uh, You found favor in my sight. He's talking to Moses. This is beautiful. This is a relationship that all men are supposed to walk in. Here's Moses doing this even without Jesus yet. This is something every man, especially believers, should be doing is talking with the Father and having an intimate relationship with God. And then right here, he says, Look, Father, you've said that I've found favor in your sight. And verse 13, he says, Now, therefore, I pray you. He said, this is Moses talking to God. Now, I'm praying, God. I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, Let me know your ways that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. In other words, he said, look, Lord, Lord, if I've found favor in your sight, show me your ways, Lord. Show me who you are. Show me your ways. Show me your paths. Show me these things so I can walk in them. Show me, in other words, let me interact with you if I've found favor. Let me take part with you, Father. And God said in verse 14, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. In verse 15, he says, Then Moses said to God, he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. In other words, if your presence isn't with me, I don't want to go anywhere. The only place I want to go is where your presence is. This is a heart of humility and honor. In other words, what is is Moses saying? And, And I'm going to show you something here in just a second, but what he's saying is this. If your glory doesn't go with us, Let us not move again. Your presence is your glory. It's your essence. It's your abundance. It's the riches of who you are. It's your splendor. It's the weightiness of who you are. If I can't go in your glory, then let's not go at all. If I can't go in your glory, then let's not go at all. I don't want to go anywhere without you. And then he goes down in verse 18. And then Moses said, I pray you. I beg you. He's saying, Lord, with everything he has and with all of his passion, he's saying this, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me your glory. Are we those people who will cry out to the Lord and do the things necessary to be able to confidently say, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I'll show you my glory. He goes on to say, I'll stand you on the rock. I'll stand you on the rock. We know that Jesus is the rock. And the Lord placed him on the rock. He placed him in the cleft of the rock. And he allowed a taste of His glory. But now on the rock, on Jesus we have the fullness of His glory that's available to be walked in. But it takes a people who have prepared their heart who have prepared the temple of God who have prepared themselves and and dedicated themselves who've walked in holiness and consecration. The kind of people that will say, I'll fast and pray simply because you are God. Uh, The kind of people that will say, we will do this for you Lord. It's not just for us. Lord, we'll go after you. Are we a church that will say, show us your glory? And we can say it with conviction. We can say it with all of our heart and all of our passion that boomerang is a place that we will go after him with everything. We will let every offense go. We will forgive. We will love, but we will go after him for his glory. Are we that place? And right now, no matter who you are or where you've come from, God is not a respecter of people. The same way that he would show Moses his glory, he'll make a way for you to receive it as well. And whether your life has been hard or easy, you can receive the glory of God.